to the Trailer Island Podcast. I am your host, Alex, and I'm joined by... Matthew. And Steve. Hello. How are we this evening? Very well, thank you. How are you well doing? Well-informed. Well-informed? Yeah. Uh, that is, that's, a, that's a good way to be. Now, here we're on the Trailer Island Podcast. We compare films and their trailers, and did the film deliver what the trailer promised? And we've got an interesting one this week. It's not an action film. It's not a... Well, arguably not an action well, film. Well, <laughs> no, it's not a comedy. It's not a superhero film. Courtroom drama? It's a courtroom drama. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, no, correct. I've, I feel like being the third person in that chain there, I had to add something and I just couldn't think of anything. I think you added something. It was quite... Yeah, I, I liked what you said. Thank you, Steve. You gave us what I expected you to. Yeah. Well, as long as I'm meeting expectations, <laughs> uh, that's fine. Uh, I guess there's nothing better to do than, I suppose, just introduce the film. Uh, who would like I, to... I, I feel a little, like, I, I, I guess a bit respectful for this one because of yeah. what it's about. Um, I'm a little afraid to tackle it, if I'm perfectly honest. So, it's one of the classic based on a true stories. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how we go. I'm, I'm keen for some discussion. Okay. Who wants to... Uh, yeah, I, well, Steve, would you like to? You're looking at me very wantingly. <laughs> yeah, but that's just because of your body. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are doing The Trial of the Chicago 7. We want to underscore again that we're coming to Chicago peacefully, but whether we're given permits or not, we're coming. We're going to Chicago to protest the Vietnam War. And there's no place to be right now but in it. We watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. They're going to spend their 30s in a federal facility, real time. People say, you know, Abby, are you concerned about an overreaction from the cops? Are the people ready to make opening arguments? At the defense table. Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Dave Dellinger, Renny Davis, Lee Weiner, John Freund, Tom Hayden, and Bobby Seale. These defendants had a plan, and the plan was to incite a riot. I call this portion of the trial with friends like these. <laughs> my trial's begun without my lawyer. The court assumes you are being represented by the Black Panther sitting behind you. The riots were started by the Chicago Police Department. Sustained. Nobody objected. Jurors 6 and 11, they're with us. Juror number 6 and juror number 11, you're dismissed from this jury. Can you tell us why? Because this is my courtroom. We've dealt with jury tampering, wiretapping, a defendant that was literally gagged. Get your hands off me! You're the first to suggest that I have discriminated against a black man. Then let the record show that I'm the second. When we walked in here this morning, they were chanting that the whole world is watching. If we leave here without saying anything about why we came in the first place, it'll be heartbreaking. Last summer, why did you come to the convention? To end the war. We're giving them exactly what they want, a stage and an audience. Yeah, you really think there's going to be a big audience? Here I am! This is what revolution looks like, real revolution. We may have to hurt somebody's feelings. Is this prosecution politically motivated? I'm tired of hearing you. It would be impossible for me to care any less what you are tired of. Here I am! There will be order! We have to find some courage now. Now, how much is it worth to you? What's your price? To call off the revolution? My life. Another very long Netflix trailer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that trailer. No, neither do I. I. I don't. I did watch that last night before I watched the movie, 
and I didn't like the trailer. Really? I see. I quite like it. It's got it's got two different tones. So it starts off a bit of actiony, a little bit. You know, this is some funny stuff, but then it hits that serious. Wave. <laughs> well, I don't like the music they've used in that last half. It's very. It, it honestly makes me roll my eyes. I was like, oh, here are the dramatic speeches, and it, I think it does the film a disservice though, because the, the dialogue in the script in this film is superb. It's incredible. Yeah. And that trailer makes you think it's going to be this awfully cliched thing, which it isn't really. The film is actually very well-rounded, I think. So, yeah, I don't like that trailer for that reason. I will get into like the plot in a second, but I think that trailer promises a movie that really isn't there. Oh? Uh, yeah. It promises like this, this like uplifting... Uh, this motivational civil rights thing and the trailer for Chicago 8 really wasn't that. And by the end of this film, really sort of demonstrate that it definitely isn't <laughs> a stand-up, motivated sort of no, get-inspired no. sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's more about the mistrial of or the misuse of justice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and, and even there are scenes in the trailer that don't play out like they do in the film. They're cut differently, like in this mm-hmm. when... Uh, the judge says it's overruled when there hasn't been an objection. Mm. That conversation doesn't happen like that at all no, in the film. I, think there's another I one. feel like that's sort of like prying at your. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the other one as well is the line, um, Are you okay? Well, I was until I saw that. In the trailer, he's looking at the this armed police force. But in the actual film, that line happens when he sees all the protesters outside the courtroom mm-hmm. who, are, who are like behind them, sort of supporting and, and that makes it feel like it's like at the end of the film when yeah, all these yeah. people are supporting and it's like within the first two minutes. So what, like what is this, this film about then? Well, this was a bit of a history lesson for me. Yeah. I may not be the best person to talk about it. Alex, you said you did a bit of research as well. Oh, I did a bit of research after the film because I was trying <laughs> to work out, okay, this person was playing this character. Who were they in real life? What did they look like? And from my understanding, and they, they do explain it quite well. I do like the pacing of this film and how they go mm-hmm. from act to act and how different chapters are presented to us because I guess they're trying to explain a real life event which is always you know when it says based on a true story okay you know that some sort of creative license has been taken I, on this yeah I would suggest that there's a lot of um, airbrushing is the word I'm going to use <laughs> on this too. and yeah. I mean it is an Aaron Sorkin film which we will get into yeah. about as well yeah. which I think it's really important um, but in this film, it's a trial of the Chicago 7. Now, technically, when the trial starts, there are eight people. Now, the story goes that this group of people are being charged with inciting a riot. And because they came from interstate to, to Chicago, uh, which is Illinois, yeah, that it becomes a federal crime mm-hmm. or there's a different sort of level of crime that they can be charged with. And basically, the law wants to make an example of these people to prevent these riots from happening again. And it's in like 1960, the late 60s, isn't it's it? It's towards the end. Yeah, yeah 68. Mid- Black Panthers went around, around until 60, 67, 68. So. so, yeah, there's Black Panthers involved and all these different, uh, I guess, human rights groups. And the, the purpose of them going to Chicago is to go to the current government's convention where someone's Democratic being... National Convention. Okay, Democratic. Yeah. That probably means a lot more to our American <laughs> audience than it does to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're there to protest the war in Vietnam. And well, I don't want to... Again, it's going to come down to technicalities in this sort of history, historical film, but they're there to protest the Democratic nominee for president that year. 
they they the protesters there believe that the democratic nominee I forget his name at this at the mo- at this moment isn't isn't hard enough on the Vietnam War. Right. It's probably too pro war, and that's what they're protesting. Okay, see that wasn't entirely clear to me. Okay. I honestly just assumed because I'm an un- uneducated Englishman and know nothing about America that they were purely just going Vietnam War is mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I got from it. Um, that's that's which it is what it boils down to. Well, at the end of the film definitely makes that yeah. the the whole point. They do they do a lovely job of intertwining real footage. Oh, actually, I this. thought that was mm-hmm. during the the riots where they they staged the these these riots, and like you say, they just throw some actual footage in there. You go, wow, that's really making it land home. You know, like which, it's- which is an interesting choice if you think about it from a storytelling perspective, because. You know, you 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 are using real life footage of something in your narrative film. Like, I do. It doesn't feel out of place, but it is sort of an interesting style choice to do that. You could like, argue that it makes it disingenuous. You're trying to. You're telling a dramatic story with maybe a hint of fictional elements, and you're sort of trying to underline that by saying, "This no, this definitely happened because it's a bit like the news footage. Yeah. If in Titanic, not that there is any vision, but if in Titanic they put, James Cameron put actual footage in, and it's, yeah. like, well, it's like, well, now I know that I'm looking at a set with actors on it because I've just seen the real, is that sort of what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's Whether it's trying to qualify itself a little bit more by mm-hmm. doing it. I but, certainly, I certainly did appreciate it though. I think yeah. it didn't necessarily take me out. I think but, by the same... T- sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, uh, well, I'm just thinking like it really does sort of help hammer home the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, my, to me, it's like when they put real-life World War II footage at the end of a World War II action film during the credits. It's like, okay, that's so, you know, just a reminder, this is, you've watched a cool action film, but it did happen, you know. Yeah. That's quite cool. I liked it. I liked that that was in there. What I, Actually, what I would have liked at the very end of the film is because they at the very end of the, I know I'm cutting to the end here, but <laughs> um, is that they give you a bit of text on screen about what happened to mm-hmm. these people in real life, but they didn't show photos of them. I thought if you're going to use archival footage, you should have your actor and your real life person side by side so you can yeah. put an association. I thought that w- would have been a nice touch. Maybe they just looked nothing alike, so they thought, hey, we can't <laughs> we can't show the the actors we've cast look nothing like the real people. Sasha Baron Cohen, though, definitely he had a little bit of. He had a good Abby Hoffman going there. He did okay. Yeah. When I uh, went and had looked some, uh, I went and did some research yeah. on Abby Hoffman, and yeah, he's he's definitely got the the Hoffman fro going quite well. The lawyer looks heaps like um, who plays the lawyer? Uh, Mark Rylance yeah, or Jason Gord- Gordon Levitt? Sir, Sir Mark Mark Rylance. Oh. Yes. How's that feel, Alex? Did that feel? Right? <laughs> oh, it feels wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look like Bill Kunstler. Terrific. I want to, now that we're on Sir Mark Rylance, he is, he elevates this film, I think, far higher than it would otherwise be. Uh Now, there are some terrific performances in this movie, pretty much from everyone in it. But Mark Rylance, sorry, Sir Mark Rylance (laughs) is, I don't think I've ever seen him in a film where he hasn't stolen and commanded every scene he's in. Oh, I I disagree. And I'm only going to top this by one, Frank Langella. Is is so easy to hate. That's true. Okay, every time As he judge, every time yes. he does something absolutely insane in the courtroom, um, Mike Rylance is nowhere to nowhere to be seen, and it's just the the Frank Langella hour. Okay, I all right. Well, I have to differ with you on that one, but I think I do agree with you. Like the um, that judge character, mm-hmm. um, Julius Hoffman, yeah, is 
like you say, it's a bit like Umbridge in Harry Potter. You just hate yeah. the character. That's a great analogy for it. And um, and you really do hate this guy. And it's a, I th- but I think it's amazing seeing, especially um, Mark Rylance's reactions as the film progresses. He gets more and more fed up with this, this lunacy that this judge is sort of spewing out. Um, and I, I just loved watching his character. Really, um, the only reason I think I would watch this again. It's a great movie. It's very heavy. So I think the only reason I would watch it again is to watch the performances. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they're fantastic performances. There's also, there's also Sasha Baron Cohen's character. Abby Hoffman, yeah. Abby Hoffman, who mm-hmm. he's, sort of, he's a revolutionary writer of some mm-hmm. description. Um, I think he's got a great arc in this, actually. He does, but I found it a little bit hard with his accent. I don't <laughs> know if Sasha Baron Cohen can do an American accent. Yeah. Um, and also Eddie Redmayne's character accent in this felt like he had he had stuffing up his nose or something. Just so, obviously he's practiced and tried to understand the I think way he's always sounded a bit nasal. I'm not like I'm not picking on the guy. He's a professional actor, and like you know, I'm not saying he, he's British, bad. isn't he? He is British. He's always been a mumbler. He, he yeah, right, like if you look right, at yeah. the Fantastic Beasts films in particular. And I know it's part of the character he plays, but he's also sort of murmuring and yeah. doing that. And, and this, and, but in this one, I think because of the American accent, yeah, he, I guess the way he's trying to lose his British one is by amplifying that. I guess, right? I don't, okay. know. I, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen him in many other big films. He was in Les Mis with a Russell Crowe one. True, uh, he's in the Haven't Stephen Hawking one. Um, Haven't seen it. Actually, that's the Theory of Everything, it. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is a terrific movie. That's very good. He again, he, he mumbles in that. He as does well. Well, then he gets the computer to talk from. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Strong. Yeah. I, we, we were. <laughs> you you I, both look so excited. I did yeah. not know that that was him until yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah. He is so good in this. They're, they're, we have we have a podcast about to come out called The Gentleman, which you'll want to listen to. We, yeah, we, we'll, we'll do The Gentleman at some point. Yeah, yeah. but we didn't touch on, on Mark Strong Mark, in that. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Strong. Strong. Sorry, sorry, Mark Strong is another bald actor with the last name Strong. But yes, but comparing um, him from that film to this film, and the, like the two characters are unrecognizable, that, and he does such yeah. a good job. Yeah, both. he really does. I, because I, I've seen the gentleman, and like I said, we, we are going to do that one at some point. And I did like his character in the gentleman. It's, he's a side character, but he's you know he's in, he's interesting. But he is just a different person. Yeah. I was like, that is that is a really effective actor because mm-hmm. he's yeah. just transformed in this. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I, I when I looked up the list of actors, I was like, like he, he was the Afro. <laughs> like what? He was yeah. the Afro guy. So I was yeah. I was reading up on, on this today, and it turns out he's actually a very heavy method actor. Right. To the point where he asked, was it Aaron Sor- Sorkin? Mm-hmm. Aaron yeah. Sorkin. He asked Aaron Sorkin if he could be tear gassed and then beaten <laughs> up by an ex-cop <laughs> to get into role. To which Aaron uh, allegedly responded, "I'm not having that on my film set." <laughs> but that's how committed this guy was to his character. Is he wanted to put himself through that to know what it felt like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, power to him. Yeah. So he's on my radar now. Like, what a great actor. <laughs> So uh, well, let's, I want to touch, you mentioned the structure before and I, I do want to sing its praises and the way it's sort of structured within this film is that the prologue gives us the motivations as to why these protesters are going to Chicago Yep. and then we cut instantly back into the, into the trial, which is interspersed by bits and pieces from like the days leading up to the riots in Chicago. I think that's fantastic framing device. We actually get a, like a nice round picture of who each of our characters are. I think the only one that sort of gets a miss in those um, flashbacks is probably Abby Hoffman. I don't think he gets enough sort of screen time. 
enough uh, enough narrative. Oh, I I felt like because he sort of frames some of those chapters with his stand up comedy that yeah. he's doing, which I now am after watching the film, and I think it'll make sense that it's all after they've been incarcerated. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out. I was like, okay, no, that's that's afterwards. Yeah. Because it's in the trailer, you see them in jumpsuits, yeah, which, which implies you know they do they don't get through this unscathed. No, but they are found guilty. Like I was saying, like it's such a such a bait and switch in the trailer to have this like really inspirational music when in actual fact these people just went to jail. <laughs> yeah, they they really got screwed over. There is a silver lining to it, and there is a happy ending, if you will, to them going to prison. Mm. But I mean, if you know anything about the story, you know that that's what happens. But this yeah. this story is really about not their ending, but their story in the trial yeah. and the. Bad stuff that they have to go through, or the the wall of noise that they just face in trying to be heard. Yeah, it's um, it's the, this film is obviously very deliberately released at this point in history. Mm-hmm. Um, you watching the riot scenes, you you do think of the riots that, ha- or rather, I should say protests, I guess, but um, that happened in the states a few months ago, and you go, well, oh wow, we haven't changed at all, you know, from the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though I think probably a little bit forced because it's probably like, hey, guys, look what's happening, you know, present day. It was still quite effective, I thought. I wonder what the process was in making this film, whether it was a response to those or it was in the works and it just happened to happen. It's been in the works for a long time. Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct it last decade. Does that mean Tom Hanks was going to be in it? Probably. (laughs) That would have been great. Also probably would have meant that Mike Rylance is probably still going to be in it as well. Oh, win-win. Yeah, cool. Well, I wonder Tom Hanks might have played uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Oh, actually, I could see that, yeah. Um, like I I thought he was the most underwhelming sort of cast member. I keep forgetting he's in the movie. I'm not joking. I forget he's there. But I think that he was doing his job like he was just playing the straight guy. Yeah. Yeah. Historically, I read that that lawyer, the prosecution lawyer for the government, wasn't as sympathetic no, he's not. to the seven as he is portrayed in the film. Mm. And I do wonder if that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt going, oh, I don't want to be that much of a bad guy. He does, yeah, I think I might agree with that point. I um, think that maybe has something to do with Aaron Sorkin. Um, I did, I had a look at some of the, um, the reaction to this film. And I was surprised to see that the the left side of politics was more um, in an uproar about this story than than the right would be. Right, and that is because um, some of the more heavily left leaning people on the internet uh, are a little bit peeved at um, people hijacking Abby Hoffman's character. Abby Hoffman's always been this like really radical left, and um, they feel like Aaron Sorkin has sort of toned him down okay. to get a message aqua- across Yeah, when the message in this film really didn't reflect what Abby Hoffman felt. Right. Okay. 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 Well, I guess in a film you've got to compress. You have to take creative liberties. Yeah, exactly, and sort of put things together like that. Now, with Aaron Sorkin, like he is, you may know some of his films, which include A Few Good Men, you, know, you can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Social Network, which yeah. is the Facebook. Uh, I thought that was a David Fincher film. He's written films. He's written. Oh my, my mistake! Yeah. My, my, it's a terrific movie. Thanks, Matthew. May I continue? <laughs> oh, wow! All right. <laughs> uh, the Newsroom, which is the Jeff Daniels excellent, excellent series, series, and The West Wing yeah. as well. He's probably more known for his writing. Mm-hmm. I would suggest than his directing. I. 
This is no. the second movie he's directed. First Tell one me. was Molly Molly's Game a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I heard nothing about Molly's Game. No, neither. Idris Elba, Jessica Chastain. Oh, I'm, I'm aware of the movie. I just heard nothing about yeah. it when it came out. Now, Aaron Sorkin is very well known for his, as I say, his writing and getting his characters, you know, they're walking and talking all the time. And sometimes I, I find that some of his, you know, it's fast and it's quick and it's it sort of sometimes takes away, you know, it's fast and it's quick, therefore it's good. Doesn't mean it necessarily has weight. But in this, there is a lot of clever dialogue, which you expect mm-hmm. from a Sorkin film. And, you know, I, I believed pretty much all of it. I thought... There are some, there are some good one-liners. For one of a better phrase, there are, or should I say good comebacks? Yeah, I, I do kind of wonder whether you know, they are very... Uh, in the courtroom, they're very sort of vocal in their opposition to the judge, and I do may perhaps question. <laughs> oh no, that was it was that vocal. Was it that bad? Was yeah, it? Yeah. Wow, because you get you get that note at the end that uh, the lawyer received like twenty seven yeah. contempt of court court charges. So was, yeah, Abby Hoffman's was like off the charts. Which is, and this trial went for like six months, mm-hmm. day in day out. Which so, I don't think the film really does a good job of demonstrating. Trying, well, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it says day 100 and something or rather. And I was like, wow. <laughs> but, you know, they don't, like, they still sort of look the same throughout it. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit, this is a film that I was not looking forward to seeing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not a fan of court movies purely because film should be a visual medium. It shouldn't be lots of people talking in a room. That is the domain of the theatre. Um, an example of this would be, and I know this is a controversial comment I'm about to make, but I disliked The Hateful Eight immensely because it's a theatre. If it was on the, in the theatre, terrific, amazing. The script was incredible. But as a film, to look at, really boring. So I had, I had a fear about that with this one. And um, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yes, they do, they're do. not in the courtroom the whole time, but even when they are in the courtroom, it is shot so well that mm. it is visually yeah. interesting. This this absolutely could have been released in cinemas. Yeah, and yeah. I think I would have really enjoyed yep. seeing this yep. in the cinema. Um, but you know, current situations dictate that we have to be at home to watch these sort mm. of things. Um, it, it felt like it almost felt like it was back to like the old school um, filmmaking, like at the end, you know, where they do the the freeze frame and then the text comes up, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's like we're back in the nineteen eighties, but in a good in a good <laughs> yeah. way though, in yeah. a good yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I liked how yeah, it felt like. Um, it felt like, a, like already a classic movie. I don't know how well it's going to be remembered remembered in 10 years. I, I mean, I didn't think there was anything uh, especially significant about the direction or, or or even, not to diminish the story, but I think there's better sort of civil rights stories getting around. I would agree with that. I definitely think this is a really good example of that. But, um, I mean, I, I don't want to call it. Oscars bait, but that's what it <laughs> felt like a little bit to me. I think um, Michael Keaton turning up. Yeah, he's such a gr- <laughs> such a great actor. Oh, so good! And I love every every scene he's in, and he's in this film for about ten minutes. Yeah, and I the trailer. Yeah, does not suggest that he's say. a cameo. It suggests he's a major player, and I was thoroughly disappointed with how little michael keaton we got only because he's so good and how little impact his his scene has yeah like he comes he comes into the, the courtroom and the judge says all right everyone we're gonna dis like i'm dismissing the the jury okay say what you need to say he said it great we're gonna dismiss that from the trial entirely so yeah. the 10 minutes that he is on screen and screen is rendered null and void 
by the 15th but, minute. Well, no, having uh, said that, that might be the point, though, is the fact yeah. that there's this perversion of justice going on. And I'm assuming this is based on the actual... What actually what happened. Actually but no, mm-hmm. the point is that you've got someone in a higher-up official telling his truth, and it's just completely struck from the record because the, the trial was rigged, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, they were never going to win. It was about the only bit of respect that the judge showed to anyone was to yeah. this being the former uh, attorney general, attorney general yeah. to the president, to the former <laughs> president. It is such like that was probably the only time is with his character on screen that I was like, yeah, all right, <laughs> awesome. I was very surprised to hear that like someone that apparently apparently that's the only instance of a, of a versing being restrained in American court. Wait, really? Yeah. Is that why they all look so shocked? Well, I mean, yeah. it is shocking, but I, I kind of assumed that it had happened to other people. No, apparently this is like... It was uh, only what, sorry? It's the only example of someone being restrained on that sort of scale inside a courtroom. Like they handcuff him, they, you know... R- they gag oh, him as well. right, yeah. right, 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 right. And that happened? Yeah. Wow, oh, man. It's, it's appalling. That is full on. Apparently this, this court transcript, like in its in entire form, is like horrific. Wow. It must be available somewhere. That could be some nice bedtime yeah. reading, couldn't it? <laughs> Good gosh. That that doesn't sound fun at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, stunned silence really made that point. Yeah, this film does go places. Let's put it that way. I like how it touches on a, a few important aspects of American history. That I mean, if you're proactive enough and want to explore a little bit more, you can sort of dive into like um, uh, what's his name, Fred Hampton, the leader of the Black Panthers. His his story in particular is quite quite interesting. Um, the the uh, the uh, conscript, conscription uh, lottery. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Also a fascinating little part of Vietnam. Mm. I wasn't aware of the, the the little side story with you know certain attorney generals can consider one thing illegal, another well can consider a verdict guilty, and another uh, attorney generals can consider consider it innocent. Isn't that just someone having an opinion? Uh, well, in a legal sense, probably not really. No, oh, right. Yeah, I don't understand. America, yeah, that went America, right, right over my head. How America works, I've got no idea. Yeah, so the example in this film is that Michael Keaton, he explicitly says that the the, the blame for the riots was put on the Chicago PD. Yeah. The new Attorney General has a differing opinion. Yeah. He says, no, it was the actual protesters. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That that can be ruled like that. It's yeah. Well, it's not our place to go changing the world too much, I suppose. We can just do our little part. We're stuck on an island. Yeah, just recycle everything that arrives. I've been working on all the climate change here. Yeah, oh, that's good. Like Thank you. The the rising sea level. I want to get off here, so <laughs> <laughs> and a small insight to Steve's mental health. Oh, yeah. as if oh, we need to. We are declining. You know, Matt, you said to me today that when you sat down to watch this, you were like, all right, yeah, I, I may as well get yeah. stuck in. I, I, I turned it on and was like, oh, two hours. <sighs> I honestly thought this film was going to be very, very preachy yeah. and hit me over the head with a lot of things that I already know and believe for myself already like yes i know yes these things are awful but once well you know i mean i you, you, you don't like being preached to with films you don't like it when films hit you over the head with their themes you know there's a subtle way of doing things um but this film uh, after sitting down for half an hour i think i was almost at the point of going i'm gonna i'm not gonna enjoy this i'm gonna sit here get through it and then i'm done but after like half an hour i could feel myself like despite myself really getting into mm-hmm. it really getting into it and um by the by the end i was you know when 
the sentences are being passed down or these tense moments between characters i felt myself really like tensing up or you know yeah. or whatever and or you know nearly gasping and that kind of stuff so that was impressive that a film that i had kind of decided i wasn't going to enjoy yeah and change my mind yeah well, that's exactly what happened to me as well because I was like, oh, two hours, man. I don't have two hours. <laughs> I got sandcastles to build. And and it hooked me in. I was stuck. Yeah. I was like, this is good. I'm enjoying this. This is good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was terrific. I want more of Sir Mark Rylance and more of Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yep. Maybe in part two. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, uh, just Michael Keaton going around telling people that he's the boss. That'd be I'd, I would watch that movie. You should watch <laughs> The Founder. Uh, I haven't seen The Founder. I've heard that's really good. Go, that's is that the one d- where he plays the McDonald's guy? Yeah, actually, oh, cool. his partner in The Founder is the same actor that plays one of the Chicago Seven. Exactly I think exactly right. Yeah, there you go. Connection. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if actors do different films. No. Shock and awe. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's give this bad boy a rating. Uh, all right, okay. Uh, out of out of. Gavel bangs? I should say uh, out of uh, charges of contempt of court. <laughs> I mean, that's irrelevant. Tropical tear gas? Tropical. Oh. What would tropical tear gas smell like? Pineapples. Pineapples. Oh! <laughs> nice. Do you want to do tropical? Tropical? Is that, does that work? Tropical tear gas? I'm okay with that. I'm sure there's someone who's going to be deeply offended, but that's okay. <laughs> tropical tear gas. Uh, uh, I'll go first. How about that? Oh, yeah, okay. okay. I'll go first. Um, you know, I, I liked how everything was structured in this. I think, yes, they have taken poetic license with a lot mm. of things. But you know what? I don't mind. They were trying to tell this story. And I felt like I came out knowing a lot more about this event. And I was a lot more interested in this event. I could sympathize with the characters. I could sympathize with the process that they had to go through and take it with a grain of salt how much of this is true, like what is said. Obviously, the conversations are manufactured to some extent, but obviously they've got the transcripts to pull from. So I like the way it was structured. I liked how they separated things. They, the movie moved quite well. For something that was conversation-based, I was able to stay on top of things and I was able to watch it and really enjoy it. And, you know, I'm going to give it five. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Well, um, I might follow that up then if that's, if that's okay. Despite everything I've said about the, the story and the impact this film has had, I don't remember it because of the story. I remember it because of the performances and the writing. For me, I almost watched this as someone who just appreciates film going, this is a well-made film. But the story itself, even though very important, I think like you said earlier, Steve, there, there have been other films that have talked about these topics much more effectively. Um, however, having said that, I would recommend this just to witness some great actors doing what they do best. Yeah. Um, and, and a director who's clearly got a script he's very confident in. I would watch it again, but mainly for Sir Mark Rylance, if I'm perfectly honest, because I just I love what he does in this movie. He's so you you empathise with him so much in the position he's in trying to help these guys. So I'm going to give it a three point five. Mm, nice. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I I adore um, Aaron Sorkin's writing. I love it. I love all the performances in the movie as well. I think. Frank Langella, Mike Rylance, um, Eddie Redmayne even were like real standouts. My my issue really is with the ending though. Like it spends this the whole movie sort of proving a point really, really well and, and creating some really good parallels to what's going on at the moment. But the the ending is 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 a five minute like fluff piece. <laughs> 
It is. It, it, it should have just gone hard. It should have just gone, look, these people got sentenced to prison and shouldn't and should not have ended on such a note that it did. It should have just ended with sentenced to five years prison. And everyone would have felt unjust. They went, went home and felt something really, really strong. But instead, they get the, the puff piece. I don't like that. Didn't like the ending. But still, really, really good film. Definitely watch it. Definitely go in there, feel uncomfortable, feel confronted. Um, yeah, four. It's a solid 12 and a half. Tropical tear gas canisters. Hot <laughs> damn, my eyes are crying because of the tear I don't gas. like pineapple. This is doubly bad for me. There's <laughs> the sound grab for this week's uh, <laughs> social media post. I don't like pineapple. I don't like it. <laughs> so 12 and a half for the Chicago the trial of the Chicago 7 Aaron Sorkin's mm-hmm. latest film on Netflix I think we all we all felt pretty good about that yeah uh, look, go and, no, look go and watch it definitely yeah, go and watch it absolutely I think it's a, a good little historical monument to pain and suffering uh <laughs> Uh, we've been the Trailer Island Podcast and you can find us on all the social stuff if you want to. You can send us a request, please. Send us something on via Facebook or via the website, contact at trailerisland.com.au. You can visit the website, trailerisland.com.au. There's a Twitter, Matthew. Uh, the I- Island Island Trailer. Got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. so I have to, do, on. have to do a bit of like reverse <laughs> psychology there, but we haven't found that. That guy, yet. yeah, I, an injustice it is. It's Why would someone injustice. have Trail Island already as a Twitter handle? Um, did one of us go back in time and mistakenly set that up before we were meant to? No, no, I looked at the actual hashtag and it's a guy who's created a bunch of rafts out of trailers and now he's living on it somehow. I, like, oh, okay, oh, right. Uh, don't follow that guy, follow us instead. <laughs> that was much what we'd much more prefer. Yes, yes. Uh, we've been the Trailer Isle of Podcast. I've been Alex, I've been joined by and Matthew, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Trailer Island Podcast. Goodbye. I object. Sustained. I didn't say anything. <laughs>